every dollar that you make. You have to under consume and you have, we call it capitalizing. See, a lot of people are, are a lot of invest, a lot of especially a lot of real estate investors, they want to keep all their money at work. And, uh, oh, I can't leave money in savings. I'm not making money. I got to keep my money moving. But there is an economic value of certainty, of liquidity, of access to capital. The number one problem I see is lack of capital on an individual level. Okay, so how do you what a year 2020 was 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon for those that have joined us on that deal. Um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying what am I talking about, then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the dwelling deal list, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the dwelling deal list, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's DW ellyn.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up sign up sign up sign up thank you so much for joining us on the dwelling show i'm your host ola dantes i've got an incredible amazing guest with us today curtis may how you doing sir i am doing fantastic I'm excited. I love it. Yeah, I love it. We're just talking before the show. Um, Curtis, let's jump right into it. Can you kind of tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and kind of what you've been up to lately? Yeah, so my name is Curtis May. I'm the I'm the uh, anti-Wall Street financial advisor, <laughs> and uh, I'm a host of the uh, Practical Wealth show podcast, and I actually help people implement, you know, strategies, but what, what I do is I help teach people principles, financial principles that help them become and remain financially free. And so there's a lot of ways to do this. Five principles, there's tons of strategies. So one of the things we we're talking about before, there's financial principles, right? And so principles kind of, you know, make sure that you have a roadmap where you're not just making stuff up every time. You've got certain principles that you follow. Principles drive strategy and strategy drives tactics. And, you know, what we try to do is make sure that we keep things in order, starting with why, then how, then what, right? And so those are the orders that we try to organize. So I basically teach people that. If you ever read Rich Dad, not Rich Dad, well, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but The Richest Man in Babylon, I teach that. I teach the seven cures for a lean purse and the five laws of gold. I mean, it's really that simple. Okay, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I I kind of wait to get into into those principles, but I think you you mentioned the term that I really kind of want you to touch on a little bit more prosperity economics. What is that about? So prosperity economics is kind of it's a it's a bigger picture where you're looking at kind of the opposite of what is what we call uh, conventional wisdom or typical financial advice, which in my system we affectionately call the accumulation theory. Right, where you're taught to buy and hold, get out of debt, buy term investor difference, dollar cost averaging, get a diversified portfolio of mutual funds, all of that, what I call Susie Dave stuff, right? Where it's all about hoping the stock market goes up. And hope is not a good strategy. And so 
what we want to be able to do is teach people to, uh, what, how do I say this? It's, I want them to have unlimited potential. I want you to live the best life you can right now. So we teach principles that have nothing to do with products. And what we want people to do is to you know, live the best life they can today and in the future and learning how to you know, teach what we call the velocity method, which is focused on doing what the institutions do with money, right? So they teach you all the stuff I just named, buy a whole, get out of debt, dollar cost averaging, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not what they do with money, right? What do they teach? They teach velocity of money, right? Which is the economic principle. So in real estate, you would call that the Burr method, but everything is about getting money, money like speed, right? So you've got to get, put money into something, get your money back and then put it into something else. That's velocity. And so that's how wealth is created, right? Successfully is clues. They focus on prosper economics, focuses on cash flow. So you want to buy assets. If, if you know, what is an asset? Something that pays you to own it. And if you have an asset and it's generating cash flow, it's not a really good asset. So it's all about, you know, being intentional and being focused on, on uh, you know, things like, be getting out of scarcity thinking, right? Most people are stuck in, in, in what we call scarcity. And so a lot of the noise out there through politicians have you focus on scarcity and they're, they're thinking, you're thinking that you can't win because somebody else is keeping you down or depriving you of your rights or all this, it's about the curse, BS out there, okay? About that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're thinking from a prosperous mindset, you understand that, um, everybody, there's more than enough for everybody to have more than enough. So Absolutely. that's what I mean by Absolutely. starting from, from a prosperous mindset, you know, scarcity thinking keeps you stuck, which is, you know, one of the things that, that, that we teach people to, to think about. And because most of the wealth is your, your, we teach people your number one asset is you, right? So you have to invest in your mindset, your skill set, and your network and success comes from within you. God gives you everything you need to win. And so there, we look for success in leaders, in trick plays, in products, and none of that stuff will win for you. And so we encourage people to, you know, take control of, understand how money works and take control of your wealth and stop looking to, for some brilliant fund manager to take you to glory. Wow. Love it. Love it. Next question then. It's about these five principles of, of finance or personal finance, as you've called it. I'm really curious. Um, you kind of shared a little bit before we, we hit recording here, but just kind of share a little bit more about those principles. Um, I'm here taking notes myself. Okay, sure. So one of the things is that, um, so let me, let me preamble with this. So most people think the key to growing their wealth is investing, okay, is to find better investments that pay a higher rate of return. Okay, so I take the opposite tack. That's not actually true. I, if I, when you go through the five principles, investing is literally principle five. That's the last thing you should be doing. Okay, and so if you want to, because most what most people think is investing is not investing. They're speculating because you know uh, Warren Buffett's mentor said investment is something you put your money into. Your principal is safe. You have a reasonable opportunity to make a profit. So if it doesn't meet that definition, you're gambling, you're speculating, right? And so we got to make sure we're on the same page. But what we teach is that you want to create, you want to create maximum wealth. The first thing you got to do is create maximum efficiency, right? 
And so we've got to stop giving money away. So most wealth is lost. It's really like six areas where, where what we try to get people to understand is one is most wealth is lost by how you manage cash flow. Two is, is uh, how people pay their mortgages, taxes, how they fund retirement plans, how they pay for kids' education, and how they pay for major capital purchases. Now, there's more money lost in those six things than you'll ever make trying to run down winning investments. So if you've got a bucket that has holes in it, do you want to turn up the volume of the water or should you plug the leaks in the bottom first? Okay, so Curtis plugs the leaks. So now let's layer on top of that. Now you've got principles. So principles are like your guiding philosophy when it comes to, to personal finance, okay? And success leaves clues. So the first principle is saving, right? When I say saving, you can't spend every dollar that you make. You have to under-consume and you have, we call it capitalizing. See, a lot of people are, are a lot of invest, a lot of especially like real estate investors, they want to keep all their money at work. And, uh, oh, I can't leave money in savings. I'm not making money. I got to keep my money moving. But there is an economic value of certainty, of liquidity, of access to capital. The number one problem I see is lack of capital on an individual level. Okay, so how do you get that? Well, you know, we teach people that I want you to save 15 to 20% of your gross income. And if you're listening to this and you're still working, that is not your 401k because that's not savings. Savings means safe, accessible, and guaranteed. Okay, so where can you store your cash? But the first thing is, we're not even talking about a destination right now. I'm just talking about a habit. If you've read Rich Dad, not Rich Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, the first chapter is what? Part of all you earn is yours to keep, okay? So you have, those are principles. It's like 10 commandments. So these are not even negotiable, all right? And uh, so the second principle is, and I'll kind of go through these and we can go deeper in all of them. I'll just name them first. So the second principle is maximum protection. And so maximum protection is things like insurance, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, making sure that you've got the full, not full coverage, but the maximum liability coverage. See, a lot of people think, well, I got full coverage, but they're underinsured. So if they were to at fault accident, they would find they're underinsured and they've got, they, they could be, somebody can come at them and you're on this, you're listening to the show because you're trying to build wealth, but you've got to protect the kingdom, right? And uh, so you've got to have proper homeowners. You should have umbrella coverages. You need to have entities you know, LLCs, you know, you want to control everything and own nothing, right? So you want to, that's part of your protection strategy. You want to look at your, your, your homeowners. What if you got sick and you couldn't work? That's disability insurance, right? What if you died prematurely? Do you, can you, you know, do you have what we call human life value? Can you, you know, your family, is, you're gone. And people, I have a real estate investor will tell me, well, you know, I have my wife or my husband, we have these properties and she'll be fine because we have all this cash flow. Does she know how to run it? You know, or what if the market's down, right? You know, it, there's no liquidity there. So you need, maybe you got to hire a manager. So you need, your state needs liquidity. So life insurance transfers tax-free, boom, bypasses probate. And now you can have, you know, half a million dollars, hundreds, $2 million of tax-free. So that allows you to keep everything going because you have liquidity. See, so most people skip that step because it's not sexy. Okay. And they think one, it costs too much. 
to um, what's the other one? They it won't ever happen to me. Or or three, they just don't know it, it exists. I had a guy and I I had this couple. They they have probably a portfolio of a couple million dollars in business and you know. And I said, look, you you you're uninsured in your renter's insurance. If you were to have a loss, I said, well, you you should have, you got your car insurance liability limits are too low and you need an umbrella policy. So I said, just call your person. I told him what to ask for. He, he emails me back, says, man, I got it. I got a million dollars worth of umbrella coverage and my premiums went down by $20 a month because of the bundle. But now he feels better because, see, because insurance is to indemnify you, which is to make you whole. So if you had a fire at one of your properties, you would never or invest without insurance, right? You need to play, that's playing defense. So you have to do that and your individual, uh, you know, as you set up your individual game plan. So you got to have a game plan for us. The third principle is what we call forward placement of assets at death. So I call that you want to create a legacy of wealth and the wisdom to go along with that wealth, right? So you want to, because there's more to, to passing on wealth it says in the Bible, what a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So I, you have to build that in, right? But you have to give instruction to that and you have to build processes. So one of the things I'll ask people, if let's say your kids were 18 or 16 and you were to uh, pass away, would you want them to get a million or $2 million with unfettered access and no instruction if something were to happen to you? Never. No. Never. Right. So what is that? What did you just tell me you should have? A trust. Mm. Right. So that's how you do that. That's how you make sure that that. And so those are the things that we kind of go over with people to make sure when I say that all falls under my second principle, which is maximum protection. So we review all that. Then the legacy. Then the fourth one is liquidity so we want six to 12 months of your income cash right because so think about that why would that if so in a pandemic environment because see now they've got precedent they feel they can just shut stuff down and, and and mandate stuff which none of which is constitutional by the way but i ain't going there the uh <laughs> so but and uh, uh, but think about that. So if you're let's say you're a smaller business owner, uh, the landlord, you know, six, seven, eight, ten properties and the government made it legal to not pay you. But don't you have mortgage? The banks still want their money, don't they? So they where sure does that do. come from? They, they sure, sure do. do. They want their money. So yeah. that's where the lick. So you're worrying about, oh, no, I gotta have my money full invested. No, stuff happens. Right. And you need to play defense. Now, your first 90 days is your emergency fund, right? But everything above that is your, you should see, I want you all to see yourselves as little hedge funds, little Berkshire Hathaways, where your, everything above your emergency fund, we call your opportunity fund, and you're looking for ways to deploy your capital into assets that generate cash flow so that you can become financially free, which means you've got passive income greater than your expenses, okay? So that's why you wanna be liquid because if you're not liquid, you have to invest in what the masses invest in. You're trying to do, you know, $300 a month in a Roth IRA or, you know, 
a dollar call. You know, you can't make any money with that stuff. You have to have some capital. So, and, and you need to grow your business so you can be a credit investor. So you can really get into good stuff, right? That, that, that I've got access to some of that stuff that people that are listening. I can't even tell you about by law because you don't qualify to hear about it. And they're great. They're better than most of the stuff you see on TV, but you, you got to get to the point where you qualify to hear about it. Right. And then the fifth principle is velocity. Okay. And so, so we talk about the accumulation theory versus the velocity method. So principle five is, so what do you do with the liquidity we've built up from principle four? You're looking for ways to get your money turned over, right? So it's like, put it in something, get it back out, put it in something else, put it in something. So you think about it with your syndications, where do you get it? They get money, they get cash flow, you force appreciation, two or three years, you refinance it, you get all your money back out. And then what do you do? Put it into another deal. That's the velocity method. And that's how the game is played. And too many people are doing what the banks want you to do, but they take your money and they're creating velocity. They would never tie their money up in an account for 30 years and hope the market goes up. They would never invest without insurance. They would never put their money in something where you put up 100% of the money, take 100% of the risk to maybe make 30% of the profits if there's any profits at all. They would never do that, but that's what they teach us to do. And those, so those, so that, that's my starting point. So we, we make clear on, on the principles and then we have a, a process where we walk people through each step to make sure that they're, they're set up. And so I find that with beginners, you know, small business owners, even successful, uh, I've got clients that are making a lot of money that are successful, you know, $10, $20 million assets of, of real estate, but they don't have, they still are missing steps. They don't have will. They don't have the liquidity. They don't have it. So even if you're listing this and you're secure, you still may be missing pieces, okay, of the plan to make sure that you, I call it building a, 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 a social from Jamie Dimon from uh, uh, JP Morgan, building a fortress balance sheet. I'm just trying to apply it to personal balance, you know, to, um, to personal finance. Whereas you want to be able to, you need to have a plan that when things come at you, you can withstand it. And then when opportunities present themselves, you're in a position to pivot to take ground. Right. And that's, that's kind of what you want to build. You need to be nimble enough to uh, uh, take advantage. So if you've got liquidity, when opportunities present themselves, you can access your, your capital. But if you don't, you know, either through you building up liquidity and other people's money, you know, having lines of credit, knowing how to raise private capital. I mean, it's all of that because people don't get there. You know, you're hit from the, the, what I call advisors for the middle class. They want you to get out of debt, but rich people use debt. Money is debt is money, right? So they use debt to buy real things, right? To, to buy real uh, 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 assets that have uh, uh, intrinsic value, that cash flow, a business, a apartment building, you know, that's a real thing. And you're using that, they're giving you this fake money called fiat currency. And you use that to pay your taxes <laughs> and the rent that your tenant is paying off your mortgage and you go use debt. Now, what does the debt do? The debt, not giving tax advice, but the debt and the depreciation allow you to what? Minimize your taxation, right? 
where they're teaching you to defer taxes and qualify plan. I mean, the whole system's jacked up. I mean, I, you know, they got to listen to the show. I get into this stuff. So I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to take a breath there and just stay on the five principles, but that's the game, right? you got to understand. Right. It's harder to win a game and you don't know the rules. Right, exactly. hundred percent. I mean, you said something that kind of caught my, my attention. You talked about like how mortgage is paid and how we pay for our kids education. Can you kind of touch on those two? Cause a lot of people, can relate to that, yeah. right? So, like how can we yeah, better so pay for our mortgages? Well, one of the things that people will do, people will get, so let's talk about the mortgage first. We'll do education. So the mortgages, so think, so let's start with this defining moment. Because of inflation, your money will never be worth more than it is today. Okay, so let's start with that as our, as our, as our premise. So when people are telling you, you, get out of debt, pay extra on your mortgage, do bi-weeklies, get 15-year loans. That is a complete waste of money, right? Because think about this. What's the rate of return on equity in a property? Zero. Yeah. yeah. Equity has no rate of return. Right. So equity is a question of location. You want to locate it in the property where you're making the Banks, you're securing the bank's asset. See, equity is good for the bank. It's bad for you, okay? So you got to understand that because what, what, so when you're sending extra money, you're saying, well, I don't have anything better that I uh, have to do with this money. So even though I've got basically free money at three, 4%, I'm going to send it to you, my more valuable today dollars. I'm going to lock it up where it's not making any money because you think get people with the, the idea is that uh, getting out of debt will help me become financially free, right? And so does paying off debt create wealth? Does paying off debt buy more assets? Does paying off debt grow your cash flow? No, it might grow your cash flow, but you're giving up your capital and you're transferring your wealth to the bank. Right. Where you should be accumulating that money, you know, so that one of the strategies that we teach, we're going to go to today unless you want to talk about it. But one of the, the strategy we teach after the principles is we, I teach infinite banking. Right. So how to run your personal economy like a bank. Right. So that's where you store your cash. But you want to store it. And then what do you want to do? You're looking for places to, to deploy your capital. So instead of giving your money away and, and because now if you want to get out the house, you got to ask for permission. You got to qualify for a mortgage. What if you lose your job? That now you've lost control of the equity because you no longer qualify to get it out. So don't lock it. And so why is that where it used to be maybe a good strategy, but in today's monetary policy with the Fed printing money and they have a two, 3% inflation target, if you can lock in fixed rate money, your income goes up, the prices go up, but your mortgage payment is constant. So based upon today's current monetary policy, it makes no sense to pay off a mortgage. Matter of fact, you want to get into more debt, but you want to get into constructive debt, buying assets that generate cash flow, and the cash flow allows you to service that debt. Okay. So that's one. That's or any consumer debt, a car. So that's the, the mortgage piece, right? There's a lot of, because see, we're basically all caught up in transfers of our wealth by people that create the situations, control the outcomes so that they profit. So they're saying, well, oh, you gotta get out of debt. Well, where is that information coming from, right? That's because if the banks want you to, they create, 
they they focus on what creating velocity and cash flow. So when you're paying extra on your mortgage, what are you doing for them? Creating velocity and giving them more cash flow. And so they do what? They loan it back out to somebody else. They're creating velocity. Well, why can't you do that? So you have to think about both sides of the game. That's that's one. So let's talk about college. So most people, where do most people save money at or, or have been trained to put their money for the kids' education? Savings you know? account, maybe? Savings, but specifically, there's a specific type. Do you know what that is? Yeah, the, the college account. Um, what yeah, account? 529. 529. Uniform yep. gift and monitor. Right. Yep. So we don't like, or I don't like, single-use products. You put money in the silos because, again, you can't create velocity because it's trapped in this single-use product for 18, 20 years, and then you, you can only use it for college. That's one problem. Then it's most of the places where they teach you to save it are in mutual funds. So I've had people, I remember talking to somebody who we talked about this, and she was, her kids were getting ready to go to college in 2008 or nine. So what happened to the equity markets then? So the, the 80,000 you thought you had was maybe 50. So you lost $30,000 right there. And then they then only way to use the money is to what I is to liquidate the, the asset, right? Which is uh, sell the shares to turn it into money so you can do for it. So now you're giving up, the other thing don't teach your personal finance is opportunity costs, right? So you're saving, 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 and then you take it back out and uh, and you've lost all of that money or oh, the future value of what that money would have become because you liquidated the account, all right? And the money you have in those plans, when you go, those of you are getting ready for college and you've been sold this by who? The financial industry, when, when they, it's called FAFSA, uh, uh, which is when you fill out your college apps. Those of you got kids that are junior, seniors, you'll be very bumpy because my, I have a daughter just started as a freshman. I took her to school last week and I got a daughter as a junior at Duke, right? So I'm, I didn't know anything about it. So I had a crash course in, in, in college planning, right? And, uh, uh, but one of the things you see, they'll ask you, well, if you've got money in 529 plans, college plans, savings, they see your asset column. So if you've got 30, 40, 50 grand in a, in a, in a 529 plan, you're like, great, that's 50,000 you don't need from us, right? Because that's part of your household contribution. Whereas one of the things, a, a strategy is, this is part of the banking strategy, but is you can shift that money into insurance-based products like life insurance, where you can still have access to the money to do what you want to do, but it's invisible to FAFSA. So you can still have access to the money and you can still max out on whatever age you qualify for, okay? So that's why, so it's, you got to do it, but it's how you do it, it's important. And, and, and the way you're taught to do it creates creates transfers and inefficiency. That makes sense? Interesting. Very fascinating. I mean, this is a lot. Um, yeah, this is a lot. I mean, I really, I'm really enjoying this. I mean, I, I wish we can keep going on and on, but I'm, I might I, have to bring you back. I'm a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, but we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the, into the quick rounds. So these are going to be quick question, mm -hmm. quick answer. You ready, okay. sir? Mm -hmm. yes. All right. First question, what makes you Curtis unique? Um, what is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Yeah, well, one of the things is I'm principles-based. So we talked about the five principles. Now, most people don't operate with principles. They are selling products. They're in, in the commodities. 
And so what makes us unique is I'm a financial educator, right? At the core. So when we work with, I'm in general, if I'm out playing basketball, I'm always coaching people. All right, wait, your elbow should be in here. And I see kids and they're doing it wrong or your footwork's, I just start coaching, right? This is in my nature. But with regards to money, see, educate is what I consider myself. I implement, but I'm an educator. And the root word of educate is a duce. It's a Latin word called a duce, which means to draw out. Right. So I believe that the you just need to be it's you actually most of the stuff is common sense. So if I can draw it out of you, I'm the guide, right? It's your money. You're the hero of the story, Curtis is the guide. And so how I'm unique is I want to make sure that you own it. You understand you've got principles. So if I'm not around, I've given you a thought process to deal with challenges that come up in your life. That's the difference. That that is unique. That makes me unique. Second question, you've got a bunch of books behind you. What was the last book that you read? And what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Uh, ooh, good question. I read like three books at a time. See? And um, one of the ones I finished and I, I teach the strategy is called principles-based planning. So it's a whole book on what I just talked about, breaking that stuff down. And uh, my uh, business partner and mentors offered the book, Kyle Christians, and so I would definitely throw that one out there. Uh, let me see. Who Not How, okay, by, uh, 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 it's actually, it's inspired by Dan Sullivan, but it's written by, I think, Benjamin Hardy. And one of the things is that we get caught up in how to do stuff. That's that's like a, 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 a thing I hate. So like, oh, I'm, I'm learning all this you know, social media and how to build funnels and that kind of stuff. And that's below my pay grade, right? And so <laughs> I need to be focused on who can get it done, make sure the price is right. Here you go. You do that project, right? I just, the best decision I ever made was, and I was reading this, so now my whole theme for this year is who, not how, okay? And uh, 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 who can I, who can do this? Not how can Curtis do it, okay? And if you let that go, that'll make you more efficient. And here's another one I think about, because I'm in this now, and I'm, I'm starting to teach this to our clients, is the 12-week year by Brian Moran. And so that is your operating system. See, what happens is, as you move into what I call the performance economy, if you want to be you know, uh, in business or, or, or whatever, or even as a better investor, you have to stop operating what I call the bureaucratic time system, right? Nine to five, you have to learn how to, so the, what I learned there is, is a, a month, like 12 months in a year, well, a month is a week. So I focus on, and we teach our clients to focus on 90 day targets, 12 weeks, and then being really efficient in, okay, here's your daily tactics to make sure you have a good week, right? If you have four good weeks, you'll have a good month. If you have three good months, you'll have a good quarter. If you have four good quarters, you'll have a good year. And so that, I started doing work, doing that like last, um, I want to say last October where I heard it on a podcast and I have been, I probably could teach it and give me another six months. I could be one of their coaches, right? Because it's, it's, it's been life-changing because it just focuses you on not wasting time, like being more efficient uh, in work and, you know, focusing on your, you know, you, 
what, one of the things I learned three is is one, I set three goals, only three, and I'll replace a, a two, I choose two business goals and a personal goal. So Optima Fitness, you know, and and you know, certain things. So all right, I gotta so what are the tactics that have to get done? I gotta work out, I gotta watch my nutrition, I gotta eat right, uh, I've got to, you know, publish uh on for business goals. I wanna get the lead generation I want, I gotta publish every day, Instagram, do the podcast. I, I work on strategic alliance partners. So I have tactics that need to get done every week that allow me to hit my targets. That is life changing. Wow. Love it. That's, that's enough. <laughs> Love it. Final question. Final question. Yes. You're busy. You're doing a bunch of stuff. What do you do for fun? So I played basketball in college. So even 58, I still consider myself a basketball player. I'm still decent. Um, so that's one. I still play ball once or twice a week. Uh, we love to travel. So to me, you work to not work. <laughs> okay. And so the uh, my goal is to do three, eventually four vacations a year. So it's already, what is it? Um, uh, what is it? We're at? August, as we record this, I'm already going twice. We went to Aspen in January to go skiing. We went to Mexico City in June. Uh, with I got three daughters, right? So I got three, three, uh, 10 year old, uh, so, and so five of us flying to wherever we're going to. Okay. So you have to make money to do that, but then you get there, you are your number one asset. So I love traveling because I need to recharge myself. If I'm the number one asset, you can't work all the time. So I, I heard a wise man say, you want double your income, you got to double your time off. So I like that. And I like reading, as you can see from my bookshelf. That's people say, how do you get all this stuff in? I, that's what I do relax. I like to listen to music. I like to journal and read because I always think about how can I be better? How can I get better at communicating these ideas to our clients? Because I really love what I do. Fantastic. Um, if there's somebody listening and thinking, wow, I really like Curtis, love his energy. Want to get connected with him. What's the best place people can reach out, get to know you more? Uh, so I would want to have you go to the podcast, The Practical Well Show. Uh, or Instagram, and then you can, there are links to all my stuff in, in on my IG bio. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. So what I do is some things are visual, right? So I'm always like doing screen shares and drawing little lessons. So if you go to my YouTube channel, if you search the Practical Well Show, you'll find it and then subscribe. And we try to do a couple of videos every week. And, you know, eventually when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. I also have a, a uh, report so I've talked about the velocity of money and a lot of people don't get what that is. So actually, if, if, you, if you don't mind sharing, I'll, I'll share with you, I have a, a gift for your listeners where, so we have a, a free report called Creating Wealth with the Velocity of Money, okay? And so it's kind of loosely based on the, is it so, it's cartoons that screws me duck in there talking about the accumulation theory, but uh, the, the velocity method, so we talk about that, that's ultimately where you wanna end up. And if you'll, I'll give you two ways to get to it. So if you text P wealth, P W E E P W E E A T H to five, five, four, four, four. So text and the number you're texting to is five, five, four, four, four. And then the keyword in the message type P wealth that should send you a, uh, you know, uh, a message with this report in it. And it'll put you on my emailing list so you can stay in touch. And then also now, and if that doesn't work, because somehow the government is messing with the short codes, the follow-up number, if you're hearing this and that's not working, then text the same thing, P Wealth to one eight three three 
422-0250. You can always go, to, uh, you can always go, if you're really excited and I've said something that inspires you, you can go to the website, practicalwealthadvisors.com and just click, click apply to work with Curtis and we can set up a new obligation free console. That's that is, it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. In my own mind, I'm a legend, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to share, and hopefully I, I uh, help some people out there in podcast. Sure life. did. You sure did. Thank you. You're welcome. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand believe it or a thousand podcasts and still going the best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine joe fellas joe talks to influential thought leaders we share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com